This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. And we get to start hour two. Every uh, every Thursday, we check in with the Herald Review sports writer, Joey Wagner. And, uh, you know, Joey, get, you know, got a little something to do now the last few weeks. We've got Big Ten football coming. I believe Big Ten basketball date's been announced. Joey, you you uh, starting to get lost in the work again? We're getting there, yeah. It, uh, it kind of hit fast, but obviously it's a good, I don't want to call it a problem, but a good good thing to be dealing with. Yeah, absolutely. Football, have we hit that quiet period where they're just working now? Yeah, they're, this today was their second day in pads at training camp. And, you know, look, we're not going to learn a lot after two days, really. And you're not allowed to be there. We can't, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're just, you know, there's some, some bigger themes, you know, that position groups you can look at or, you know, things along those lines. But it's definitely not the same as obviously being at the practice fields or, you know, yeah. in the stadium watching what they're, what they're doing. So second day in practice is October 1st. Normally, what would have been the second day of practice? Like about about two months, about about August tenth ish. Yeah, some maybe August. Let's see. They started training camp at first first training camp version one. Uh, that first week, full week of August, the third, fourth, fifth. So somewhere around that time, and now two point started yeah. really in earnest this week. So ballpark of two months behind. About that, yeah, yeah. Do you think they're good? Do you think they're? Is it ever going to just feel like a football season, or is the whole year going to have that quirky feel? Um, I don't know. I mean, it'll feel like it a little bit, I guess, when when you're actually seeing football. But I think in the back of my mind, at least, it's you know, how how long is this going to happen? Are there going to be suspended games because of of tests, either in Champaign or or an opponent that either Illinois has played or will play? That that feels like to me, it's all you know. You kind of you hold your breath a little bit for nine weeks to see if you're going to get all the way through it, because it's such a and there's really not a lot of wiggle room, if any wiggle room. Yeah, and, and you know, it's also just not going to feel. It's going to be a weird feeling, I guess, in, in stadiums with no one there except for some family of players. It, it is so. Yeah. So I mean, all those things said, just alone, it's going to feel weird. And normally. The season's over around Thanksgiving, right? I mean, I, I believe the Big Ten championship game is either the first or second weekend of December, typically. Uh, yeah, and, and but, you know, the regular season ends against Northwestern every year. That's always the Saturday after the high school state yeah. championship game. And now it's going to be on the 12th. So we're a couple weeks later, but, you know, who knows what those couple weeks will bring. I, I, I just I was trying to figure out, are, are we going to have a couple weeks of insane cold? We could. We, I mean, we, we definitely could, but it, it might, but it might not be that different than the end of some seasons anyway. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Usually, it's that you know. Last year, I remember that Northwestern game in Champaign was was a miserable, rainy, cold, you know, yeah. windy day. If, if I'm remembering right, Eric and DeKalb, a couple of days before we were up there for Central A&M, it wasn't particularly a delightful <laughs> weather experience for us. So yeah, it's, some of us are inside the booth and we don't remember. <laughs> yeah. uh, the game might not have been very delightful, uh, but. But going to Rutgers on November 14th, going to Nebraska on November 21st, uh, it might be better than going there December 5th and 12th. Or or it might just be miserable. Uh, it might be miserable there already anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's Rutgers, I, I probably lean towards just being on the East Coast, maybe a little more brisk, but Nebraska's in the Midwest. So, I mean, it's so no, man. Yeah. Mm. Well, I, I, I kind of just bring that up on, on the weirdness of the season because – how how what are the chances it's completely unpredictable? Like you can look on paper and go, these are teams one through fourteen, and just how much will that shake up? And it could shake up a lot. I mean, it, it could, empty stadiums could could, no could loosen kids up, or or 
I don't know. It, it, it could, it could, there's some kids that might make them a little tighter. You know, a college athlete is not going to necessarily handle everything the way that a professional athlete has been able to do in a, in these weird circumstances. Well, and what's it going to look like? I mean, you know, those injuries that are one or two weeks and, you know, maybe you can work some rest around the bye week in a normal season, you know, a soft tissue injury. There's, there's no bye weeks, right? So, I yeah. mean, it, depth is really going to play a role in terms of, of injuries. And, and also just if there's a positive test and one or two or a handful of players have to, have yeah. to miss 21 days. I mean, a positive test is 21 days out of three games. And then also... Professional athletes want to get paid. Mm-hmm. College athletes—they're doing—they're doing the duties right now because they want to play. But if you're one and four, and there's that meeting down, or there's that uh, that party down the road, honeys are jumping. I don't know, <laughs> are, are, are they are they going to keep making the right decision? You know, you could see outbreaks in college. Like in my head, I'm like, it, it, especially bad teams. I just think it's going to explode at some point. But but hopefully not. We'll see. Yeah, it's going to be a test. I mean, it, it's really a test of. Of patience and you know it probably helps i would say maybe having some older teams who you know didn't really play three years especially you know look at a case like illinois i don't think a lot of those guys who have been playing for three or four years played three or four years just to, to watch it get yeah. in the way because of a couple irresponsible decisions and you know it's the elephant in the room with all of this is you're asking unpaid unpaid college athletes to you know follow these to act like a professional yeah, even if even if there's even if you're a player, I mean, it could be a couple players that have no chance at ever being a professional, and and they could be seniors, and this is their college experience on top of it. I mean, honestly, if a if a kid went to a couple parties, it's it's hard to even fault them. You know, it's like it's going to be really hard to, to 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 avoid this. Although right now it's just eight weeks, two months, and then party all you want in the second semester because uh, you know there's nothing else to wait for. I guess. Right. So maybe that'll be the case, and then plus. A lot of those parties will be fizzled out because you know you're going to be on breaks. You're going to have Thanksgiving break. You're going to have finals. You're going to have Christmas break starting, I suppose. Uh, and if you're good, I think that'll be a lot easier too. And I'm not just talking about Illinois, you know, because uh, one team's decision could affect another team. Could affect every team in the conference. You've seen it with Houston, right? I mean, exactly. Houston had to start the season four times, and through no fault of their own, they've not started the season. Yeah. You know, Pittsburgh Steelers aren't playing this on Monday, and through no fault of through no fault of their own, and you're right. You mentioned the the breaks. The season starts on October 24th, and Thanksgiving break will be about a month later, give or take, right? And then they're not. It, my understanding is a lot of schools are not bringing students back until the first of 2021. Yeah, why not so, just do those finals at home? Yeah. That's that's the thought, and you know, especially we talked about it a lot with college basketball, but the same thing exists. That quasi bubble exists for college football. Uh, side note: The White Sox have walked in back-to-back runners. The A's now lead the White Sox four to three. So, what a just, yeah. what a, just keeping people updated. Uh, basketball: we, we got a date. Do we get a date for games or a date for practice? We know that they can start in. Uh, boy, you're going to test me here. Uh, that's okay. November twenty fourth at Black. The day before Thanksgiving, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving is the official start date of practice uh, of games. Of games, oh, okay, of games. That's when games are able to be started. That's the 25th. And the 25th, thank you. And then practices, I believe, can start, with, I want to say within a week or two. Again, I apologize, it's been a little bit. That's okay, yeah. Look at the college basketball dates. But we're getting there, we're getting there. We still don't know a schedule for the Big Ten. You know, the, the these mid- or multi-team events, 
the tournament that kick off the season. Well, what's are, the plan? What's the plan for the season anyway? Are, are they are they trying to bubble? Are they going to play non conference teams first? I mean, is that sounds they, like non conference will probably the, the big thing is get these Big Ten games in. Sounds like you know you see, I've seen a report that it's still going to be twenty Big Ten games. So that's you know especially in the Big Ten, right? It's a loaded conference. Yeah, that's, that's awfully important. And then I think if it, things go well, maybe circle back and get some of those non-conference games. But I just saw that Gonzaga and Baylor were, you know, they they had set a game in Indianapolis in December. But I think it's, you know, there's still, you know, it doesn't seem like there's a blanket really to say, okay, everybody play your conference first and then come back to non-conference. So a lot of bouncing around, especially with these multi-team events. These things are really, really, really tough to plan around. And, you know, Illinois was supposed to be at the Emerald Coast Classic. That's not happening. So we'll be curious where Illinois goes somewhere. Well, and we've seen like Duke is bringing in a handful of schools to play two games in kind of a Duke bubble. Well, That's exactly know, what Illinois I was going to say. Like, what? Why doesn't every good to every team that can do it try to bring in eight to ten teams into a bubble for a week and just schedule against three or four of those teams and and just run through? You know. You know, especially at a school like Illinois, who's doing testing. You know, you'd think that it'd be easy to put. It would look like just mini tournaments, but don't make them tournaments. Um, just have them be individual games. You know, and they're just not. Yeah, you know, it feels like that would be easy to do right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought the same, but non-conference too. You know, you have Illinois bring in uh, Indiana State, and you know, whoever you want to bring in, somewhat close. I, I don't care if they're D two team. You're just trying to bring in bring in teams that are testing. Um, that that you feel safe around and play four games in seven days and have a rotating schedule and I it, it just seems like that 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 should be what they're planning on. Is this? Do you feel like they're they're prepared? The NCAA wasn't prepared for football at all. Yeah, I feel like the basketball's in way better shape. They've got a they've got a figurehead at the top and Dan Gavitt and having somebody who's actually in charge. I mean, Mark Emmert with football you know, went away. He didn't, that wasn't something he was interested in dealing with. Yeah, yeah. And it was conference by conference. And that's why we saw the big 10 Mac, all, all the conferences went away and came back. And, you know, basketball has got one person in charge or a group of people in charge, I, I should say. And that, I mean, we've just seen in the fact that it looks like things have been fairly organized outside of the scheduling, which is a total complete and total mess for every school. Yeah. Just because of these tournaments. So, yeah, I mean, I think there should be a confidence about basketball just because there's a couple people in charge kind of pointing things in the right direction. Yeah. Um, you're looking for, what is, what's the big question in your mind for Illinois basketball? Is it waiting and seeing how they're going to, what the starting lineup's going to look like, or just wait and see how they play together, and, you know, the, how much time for the young guys? What's in, what's in your head that you can't wait to find out? And maybe, maybe it's games, maybe it's practice you find out. Well, you want to see, obviously, Adam Miller and Andre Corbello, right? I mean, you want to see how Illinois incorporates two guards and a pretty guard-heavy team. And I say guard-heavy, they're good guards. I would assume uh, Trent Frazier. So you, you want to see that. That's something I'm really excited to see. I can I can make an argument today to put Adam Miller in the starting lineup whenever the season starts. Mm-hmm. But we'll, we'll see what Brad wants to do. The other kind of big question I have, is how good are these two sit-out transfers, Austin Hutcherson and Jacob Grandison? Brad's been really high on them for a year now. I mean, they had a whole year with the strength coach, Adam Fletcher. They've you know, learned the scout team. They, they know the system. Will they be able to come in and be ready to go? And, you know, I, it sounds like there's optimism there, but you should never know until you get into a game. Yeah. And then Georgie, what, what, what are you going to get out of Georgie last year? It was a 
just not as good as his freshman year, a little bit of a down year for him. Not, you know, looked to me like they kind of figured it out and having him and Kofi not on the floor as much together. Sure. And Georgie going to be the backup. Sure. But, I mean, at some point, right, you come into and you're kind of looking and searching and, and trying to pick out issues. This is the reality. This is just an incredibly deep roster, a talented roster, a versatile roster, the best in Champaign since 2005. So hmm. I named three things, but questions like I guess a big question far down the list. Big question is going to be who are going to be the odd men out, and and maybe they're going to play their way into that. We might not know till January. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, look, it's a good problem to have when you're searching there for sure. Say, Boy, can these two freshmen come in and be an impact on a team that's probably going to open in the top seven in the country? You know, I mean, if you're looking at that, it's, yeah, it's pretty good. And somebody's going to transfer problem. away. Somebody's going to get bad. They're they're going to leave. They might not play at all this year. You know, who will that be? You know, very good chance. But hey, I want to flip you to high school real quick because you did a story last week about football teams using their contact days. Anybody impress you? I only made a couple stops to uh, three stops, I guess, and but I didn't see a whole lot. I mean, uh, I stopped out at St. Teresa. There, there's about a thousand running backs. It's, it's unbelievable how many <laughs> really, really talented running backs. A thousand running backs, and they don't need more than the two that we're hearing about. <laughs> I mean, well, somebody's got to finish the forty-point blowout games, I guess. Denim Cooks, our player of the year, and you know he's only a junior. And I know Mark's talk. Mark Ramsey's spoken highly of Zeke Lewis. You know, we saw Zeke run. Just really, really, really hard. Wow. Last year, and then of course Christian Harper, this the sophomore who, you know, I mean, physically looks big enough that he can go in there. And I mean, I know he just dominated in, in freshman and JV games last year. They're high on him. So a good problem to have for St. T. I was out at Warrensburg, and you know, look, Warrensburg's bringing back effectively the entire offense. Mm, that's nice. Which, which is really, really good news. Jackson Cook, the receiver, said Braden Matthews has looked really good in these contact days. Mount Zion's Mount Zion. I've been high on Christian Cahey since the first time I saw him when, when Etherton yeah. kind of pointed him my way, and we're starting to see some recruiting interest come in for him. So, you know, I, I think Mount Zion, uh, the long-winded way to circle back to this is they lose Sage Davis. They, they had a really good line. They lose, lost pieces of, and you think, ooh, what's it going to look like? And I don't. I, I think they're going to be awfully good. Ashton Summers is their quarterback, right? It's been a while since I've talked about these guys. Yeah, he's in his third year. I mean, it's yeah. he's really been around. He, he put a lot of work into getting better. It made a huge step he, last from sophomore to junior year. Huge step. I mean, he is, he's been working. I talked to, to people about him. He, he's been working really, really hard to get better. Nice. He, nice. He's an awfully good quarterback, and he's got a lot of people to throw it to. We're used to Mount Zion turning around, handing it off, and just breaking you down with their running game. But they, they can really, really air it out this year. Now, he didn't mention MacArthur, who I think is the number two team in the area that we're going to be talking yeah, about. Yeah, they, they obviously hadn't been doing contact days. Right, right. Uh, but, but, but look, I mean, yeah, I, I over. I guess I didn't mention them because I, I didn't visit out there. But, yeah, that's boy, right. are they good. There's, they're, they're really, really good, man. And O'Marion Slaw might be the most underrated player in the county. I, I don't know how to say it fairly. Is St. Teresa even money? <laughs> Even money to win the conference? Are are they just that far ahead? Are, I guess are they that I far ahead? So. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think, think so, so too. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's a stretch to say. I, I think, you know, it might be less than even money. Prevailing thought. They they might they might be two. They might be one to two. I mean, I just, I, I can't I can never speak for Tuscola because I you know I'm not so buried in Tuscola that I know about what happens in the off season. We know Jalen Quinn's a stud. Is he still playing football? Uh, no. Would be a question I'd always ask, but uh, he's not. He's not. Okay, big big difference there now. 
So, because you know, all the Division One officers come, are pouring in for him, I, I assume that's why, right? Yeah, I think it's focused for on basketball. basketball. Yeah. And, and look, that, I should circle back. That was the case when he and I chatted when we thought this was still going to happen in the fall. I okay. don't necessarily think I anticipate that changing. Yeah, but... you never know. He could change his mind anytime. But it's funny. The Denim Cook story is funny because he might be a Division One defensive player. <laughs> Uh, so if he wanted to concentrate on that, they've got the running backs. Uh, who knows? They're, they're, this St. Teresa team is going to be as as good as any I can remember. It's loaded. I mean, I, you know, the line, they look, you know, I saw a little bit. Look, you can't really see much without pads, but it was still some good size. not like they were a small offensive line. And look, there's still Moroa, right? I mean, Moroa Forsyth is still, they have Wade Josephs coming back. Bryson Bowes yeah. looks in, I mean, just incredible shape. Cade Cole, Ben Gilbert. They always have the skill guys. They always have the defense. They're always really, really good and a really, really good conference in the Sagamo. I mean, they're, they're going to be super good too. I mean, you look at MacArthur. It's a big three. Maroa. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big three with MacArthur. Maroa. I mean, you 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 touched on Warrensburg and Mount Zion. Second place in in the CIC is up for grabs. So why not why not why not us can be Warrensburg? Why not us could be Meridian? You know, it, it, why, I think second place is, is wide open. Yeah, and as open as it's been. You know, I was just thinking about this, Eric. You know, I don't know how much time I got. I don't care. We're good. Um, you know, I, I was watching football on Saturday, and just like, oh, there's Jacardier Wright. Oh, there's Hunter Woodard. And, I, and I've talked to coaches about this in the past. And I don't. This is my fourth year, I think, coming into high school football in this area. That CIC in the 2017-2018 season, when you had Jacardier Wright, yeah. I think he. And that was a really good team. And Tuscola was really good going to state with Hunter Woodard and. You know, all the talent they had there. You had the Lewis twins at Warrensburg. You had the, the A&M, the senior class that just graduated was starting to come into yep. to its own. And holy yeah, crap, that was a really, really good stretch of CIC football. And Bo Brandy, I, I ignored Bo Brandy. Yeah. I think he was starting at, at Southern. Like, wow, yeah. that when you step back on it, and it, it was really good. This is as open as I remember second place, I think. being Yeah, second place. It's like everybody's rebuilding, retooling, or, or we're starting to see transitions like Meridian. Uh, under uh, you know Micah Shepard, we're starting to see them transition to maybe being com- a little more competitive consistently. But so everybody don't sleep on A and M. They lost a lot, but I, I mean I I know, I know they're happy with the younger kids they have in the program, and there's, there's classes coming. But it might not be, you know, look in repeating anything they have with that senior class. I, I mean that's a generational senior class. I'll just be honest. I'm I'm fast asleep on A and M just because of how much they lost. I don't know how. You can replace that. Now you can replace that and be a playoff team. Uh, you just get, got to get to work. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, I don't know about being good enough to be second, just because every skill player they got all the touches. So I mean, it, we we get to learn a whole new set of dudes, which is always fun. Joey, we appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.